there are three paths. There, there are lullabies, there are stallion outtakes. But first of all, there's Brubeck editions. And let's talk about Brubeck editions first, because this, this is the source of everything. This is the source of all the good music that's going to come. Well, Bru Brubeck editions is, in effect, my, my brothers and, and sister. And um, we, as a, as a family, we own the masters for um, Dave Brubeck's Columbia Records, which was really most of them for the Dave Brubeck Quartet. Mm -hmm. And Time Outtakes is old and new. It's old in that the recording session was original. It's the same original recording session that the classic album came from, recorded at Columbia Records 30th Street Studio in 1959. What we have here is familiar titles like Take Five, Blue Rondo, a la Turk, Kathy's Waltz, um, Strange Meadow Lark, and, and so on. We have the takes that were not used. We can see how, how this came about. When, when you're doing a recording session, you always prefer the take that has the best execution of the head. Of, of the melody because you're introducing a new composition and usually the shortest take so that it takes up less space on, on, on the album and that usually makes it sound a little better. That's just a technical fact. Now, um, 60 years later, <laughs> even more, everyone knows these songs. So it's not a question of introducing take five to a world that hasn't heard it before. It's a pop but, hit. <laughs> yeah, right. It was a pop hit. So we're looking, looking for other things for the quality of the improvisation. And also many people would be interested in the process. How did they go from where they were as a group already very popular, but not, uh, not pop stars <laughs> to uh, producing something that became, you know, absolutely world, world famous. And so you, you hear music that's um, new and old at, at the same time, or I should say familiar, but new because you haven't heard it before. It is amazing so how you can compare those things and exactly follow that path that they went. Yeah. Yeah. Now, lullabies is something different. I, I yes. just got this today from, oh, from Amazon. How lovely. You, you mean you have to buy it yourself on Amazon? I'm going to get a box of them from the States, but they're pressed in the U.S. I didn't right. want to wait. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I can it. buy one copy. I'll end up probably mm -hmm. having a hundred, but <laughs> I, I just wanted it as soon as I could get it. This is my father's last solo piano album studio album and he was 90 years old at the time and it's just him playing solo piano in a very reflective mood and um, thinking about his grandchildren and great-grandchildren even and um, he was actually on vacation in Florida and uh, his uh, producer at the time Russell Gloyd enticed him to just go into the studio and just play. And there's only one take of everything. Amazing. He did a couple of sessions, but there were no retakes of anything. He just 
you know, played as much as he wanted one day, and then he went in on a different day and played some more. This is probably why it feels so tender, so intimate. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it wasn't a, a, a question of making a great effort about anything, although some of it is really quite extraordinary piano playing. But it was just what he just felt like he could express as as a very old man at that point, but still active, what he could pass on. Do you know how he chose these titles? Is any of them a family tradition? Oh, that's interesting question. I'm looking at the titles. I wouldn't say that exactly in in the way that you mean it, but they're, they're all titles that we know and all that he thought would be good for young children and, you know, and relaxing. Some of them are quite familiar songs that were already popular when he was a, a child himself, and some are, are more recent. Okay, in the case of Brahms' Lullaby, he started playing that, I think, in... Um, Anyway, the first time I heard him do it was in a concert in, in Germany where the, the, it was sold out. The public kept calling him back. And <laughs> it was like the encores were almost turning into another concert. So, so you know, he just still... used it to pacify the people. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they said, go out, go, you know, go out again. And then he told the band, okay, hold it. I'll go out by myself. And he just played that, and it just created a, a, a wonderful moment. I can't even tell you what town it was in, but it was in Germany. And then I think he, he realized this works, and he did it uh, a few more times in similar circumstances. I'm pretty sure that people could not stop smiling walking out from this concert. Mm. Right. Uh, there is one, one uh, lullaby, uh -huh. when, it, when it's... Um, Sleepy time down, down south. Exactly, yeah. this one. Oh, well, that yes. was Louis Armstrong's mm -hmm. theme song. And um, Dave and Louis were great friends until, really, until Armstrong died. And, of course, Armstrong was the earlier generation, but Dave, like everyone in his generation, really idolized him. And Louis and Dave became friends when my mother, Iowa, There's a lullaby for yes, Iola in there. there. Is. Mm -hmm. My mother, Iola, and uh, Louis Armstrong and Dave, they all collaborated on a musical called The Real Ambassadors. And Iola wrote the words, and my father wrote the music, obviously. Right, so, <clears throat> I mean, all, all of these songs have a significance and somehow they were just not only on Dave's mind, but somehow they were, they were just in his hands, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I wasn't there at the sessions, but I know how it would be is he just told Russell, make sure the machine's running. And, you know, he would just go straight to it and play and then just catch his breath and him in the studio. Play. Making the again. magic. Oh, and by the way, mm -hmm. have you heard my new album? It's not exactly <laughs> what the it's an... about, but did you get live in Poland? Well, that's one thing, live in Poland. The second thing is that Downbeat was kind enough to notice this album and put it somewhere in the top uh, albums of the 2020. So we can, I think we can all congratulate each other for... for... <laughs> <laughs>
Jinkuya as well, yeah. because we still remember this amazing concert. Well, it was a tour uh, that you that you gave us, and um, oh, let me just tell you that we're looking forward to more. Let Let's see what what the world can give us. Now we, we now we know we can't take it for granted. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're looking at a happy man because. Um, you know, I hate to put it this way, but when when you're given a 50-50 chance to live, and you know it, they even told me, then you really have to decide what you're fighting for. And um, I came out on the right side of that. And um, I'm just glad to be alive. Whatever comes, whatever I can do, whatever, you know, it, it really does change you. I'm not recommending that people should... <laughs> get that close but to to that experience but you learn a lot from it there is an upside i did not dare to ask but thank you for sharing this we did i remember that time and uh, i remember that listeners kept sending us emails and we all here in the radio and uh, in the polish jazz community we all kept our fingers crossed and sending you our best wishes. I, I know it might sound like cliches, you know, those prayers and good thoughts, but what else is left? Yeah. If you're far away it, and that, you cannot support a person in, in, in a different way. No, that that's right. And I would like to say in return that I think it does make a difference. Um, I don't want to try to explain how, but I... I could I, I could somehow feel that support that um, it wasn't um, you know that I could just take another breath and another breath after that and another one after that and that would turn into an hour that would turn into a day and I'd be alive that much longer because people, still wanted me to be alive. <laughs> we do. And, um, well, that brings me back to Brubeck editions because yes. uh, I this is my, my impression, at least, that you, you created, your family created Brubeck editions to hold, to keep the legacy of your father because it's not only musical legacy. And I think we all understood it when you came back to repeat the tour. Well, not repeat the tour, but to commemorate the tour. Yes, yes right. Your father did not engage in meaningless projects, jazz ambassadors, um, cheering people up, spreading the good, the, the good message, giving hope. So back to, to Brubeck's legacy. What is it exactly? Because music, yes, definitely. But there's definitely more. Well, you said something very profound. Um, I couldn't have said it better, really, you know, is that he didn't engage in meaningless projects. His method of engaging is is music, but for him, it, it always pointed to something beyond that, either in the realm of politics or um, he was very critical of uh, racism in the U.S. and very active in the opposition, you know, that was referred to as the civil rights movement. He wanted people to experience what was good about America, which was what we came to Poland to do. It, it, it was, in effect, propaganda, but he wasn't 
afraid to be honest about what was bad about America. And uh, he is was a very spiritual man. When he was writing his music, he was always uh, thinking in, in broader terms, in global terms, in humanistic terms. That's really it. And going back to childhood in, in a way, because now I've, I've done a few interviews around the centennial and people ask about right. We that. celebrated um, that on air as well. Oh, great. Mm. Wonderful. Um, what unites us as a family, and I'm including uh, our wives as, as well, but, you mm. know, siblings, in-laws, yes. and so forth, is that um, in the Brubeck household, we didn't have much small talk. If my parents were at, at the table at dinner, we, we liked to talk, but they wanted to talk about big things. They wanted to talk about uh, politics or philosophy or, um, you know, his, historical things, maybe things that, that my father remembered from long ago as a, as a soldier in World War II in Europe or things that were very contemporary. But it was always like a chance. It was like a seminar. We didn't get <laughs> together to talk about nothing and just pass the time. And I think now that my parents are gone, we feel a kind of obligation to each other to sort of keep this going in, in the best way we can. So we started a, a a charitable organization called Brubeck Living Legacy. And we launched that in January at the Jazz Education Network Conference in New Orleans. And we put up a, um, a portable kind of walkthrough museum of Dave's career. And uh, we gave a big party and we said, you know, we're here to try to carry on the tradition. And everything was working beautifully. And then, you know, the pandemic hit mm -hmm. right when my brothers and I were on tour in England as Brubeck's play Brubeck. And we all got ill, but not all of us as, as severely as, as me. But so anyway, there's, you know, there, there is a big tie-in between the generations. So Brubeck Editions is going to exclusively be um, music that the Brubeck family has owned for a long, long time and, and will be, as Editions implies, will be editing it and mm -hmm. publishing it, doing remixes, remastering, making sure it's really good. But this is, you know, Time Outtakes is definitely mm -hmm. the flagship and we'll see how far that sails, and then we'll announce something else, but I don't even know what it will be yet. How did you choose the tunes? Other researchers had already done some of the work for us. There are two new books, uh, one by Philip Clark, mm -hmm. called Dave Brubeck, A Life in Time, and Stephen Christ also wrote Dave Brubeck's Time Out. So a lot of the tricky stuff was actually locating physical tapes labeling them, finding out which right. day they were made. All of that kind of archival work was already done. Then um, my brothers, Chris and Dan, because they're in the States, worked with these tapes. And then by long distance, we would uh, listen to them. We'd transfer them mm -hmm. back and forth. And eventually the result is uh, what you have. 
So on timeout takes, these are the best alternate takes of the well-known tunes. There's one title, I'm in a dancing mood, that wasn't issued on mm-hmm. timeout. Exactly. Because it um, was decided in the end that timeout had so much originality that they wouldn't issue something that was composed by someone else. Pick up sticks on the timeout album that you know. They got it in one take, so there is no alternate take. Amazing. So, so Watusi drums is uh, very similar. Um, and that was, or Watusi jam, and mm-hmm. that that was something the the band used to kind of jam on in concert, usually late in the set or as a mm-hmm. kind of setup. And they did record it at the time, so that was put on time outtakes. So there's two unheard things, yes. and uh, the rest are the songs that you know. I think that also time outtakes shows them as a band. Yeah. That's right. You hear, <clears throat> there, it's it's kind of mischievous. But at the end, you, you you hear when the tape is still running, you hear a you know a bit yeah. of talking. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it it's quite funny, and it's a little bit of a bonus for the listener if you it want is. to hear what. The yes, voice it was a treat. Like. Yeah, it was a treat actually <laughs> for me as a listener. It's a great treat. Yep. You're right. You know, but we're learning. We're learning the record business. We're learning how to be a charity. We're in the process. So it uh, is exciting because there's so many good things th- to come yet. And, uh, well, I hope that we'll have many occasions to meet in person. Not Well, online is great if we can't do it otherwise. But seriously, I, I do miss this human interaction. Yeah. I'm definitely listening to good music. You sort of told me about the Christmas at Brubeck's because you, you said that there were no meaningless conversations at the table mm-hmm. on a regular basis. But because we're in this Christmas season, um, can you tell me about something about the Brubeck's Christmas? Probably this year it will be maybe less people, (laughs) but... No, Uh, yeah, this year is is different. But But, uh, when my parents were alive, we always uh, had, you know, wonderful parties at their house, which, which is huge. It, it has so much room that the, their living room has had two grand pianos in it uh, and still plenty of space. It was almost almost like a park. It would be full of snow. We had two ponds behind the house. Um, that, okay, you're talking about some winter wonderland right now. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Mm-hmm. And my parents were great conservationists. So anytime you looked out the window, you'd, you'd be seeing deer or otter. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, wild animals were, were welcome there. We enjoyed that very much. Uh, there would be a very big Christmas tree because there was room for one. And uh, big fire. It's all, it, it all sounds like a perfect Christmas card. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just and, imagining that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot was, of music? Actually, we usually didn't play. That was more like something we, we might have done, um, you know, some, sometimes at parties if there were other musicians. But if it was just family around, you, usually it'd be you know, classical music that we were familiar with. Not So we would be talking anyway, but, you know, have something like Goldberg Variations 
on in the background or something, you know, something mm-hmm. like that that was familiar and warm and, um, you know, just felt relaxing to be around. But of course, when we were children, you know, we would have singing <laughs> with Dave playing the piano and, you know, all the traditional songs. Uh, you know them too, that just the language would be different. Yes, we ha- well, we have our traditional songs, but I think that the American songbook, especially the American Christmas songbook, is just an adorable thing to listen to and yeah. to sing during this season. Oh, so let's end with this beautiful, heartwarming picture and hope for, for the best, definitely. And I really hope to see you as soon as possible. Okay, same here. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Magdalena.